Thanks for joining us today. At City Life, we have one purpose, making it easy for people to say yes to Jesus. We believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that. But remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life. What a great series. I think the events of the last few months have left a lot of us wondering what in the world is going on? Where, where are we headed to? What does the future hold? What's the future going to look like? You know, it, it's, we're watching different events unfold around the world. And, uh, you know, if I, if I could surmise it, I would put it like this. Our Western culture seems to be in a bit of a crisis. And uh, in the last few years, it's become uh, more and more evident that we're in a system that's in transition. And, and I think, you know, this isn't something that's unique to our generation or unique to any generation for that matter. It's there, there is always something crying out in the heart of humanity for something better. There's always a cry in the hearts of people. Uh, if, if we listen, it, uh, like even to current events, you know, we're, there's a cry for justice for the marginalized. There's, there's a cry for freedom from oppression. There's a, cry, there's, there's a cry for provision for those in need, health care for those who need it, protection for the vulnerable, uh, provision for those who are in lack. You know, there, there's the, the correction of past injustices. You know, the cry of the world around us it's actually sounding a, a lot like a speech that Jesus gave when he walked the earth. And uh, it was a speech that he gave. Many of you have heard it before. It's in Luke chapter 4. And he's, he stood up in the temple and he said, the spirit of the eternal one is on me. And then he said, why? Because the eternal one has designated me to be his representative to the poor, to preach good news to them. He sent me. This is the mission of Jesus, not just 2,000 years ago, but today. He sent me to tell those who are held captive that they can now be set free and to tell the blind that they can now see. And he sent me to liberate those held down by oppression. In short, the Spirit is upon me to proclaim that now is the time. This is the jubilee season of the Eternal One's grace. You know, the cry of humanity today is the same as it was 2,000 years ago. And we're, all we're seeing is a collective cry in the hearts of mankind for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. There's, there's that inherent desire for this, for this kingdom to be, to be real and to be made manifest. And you know, when Jesus came, he didn't just come and give some nice little teachings, or he, he didn't just come so that we would have some sayings that we could post on the internet 2,000 years Years later, he came to bring a brand new system, a system that he, he referred to as the system of heaven or the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And uh, Paul said in Romans, he said, this, these are the three main traits of the kingdom of God, rightness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And you know, that's, God is always in the, in, the, in the process of creating that. As we journey into the unknown of the future, you can be rest assured that God is working to, to bring his kingdom, this, the rightness, the righteousness, the peace, and the joy of the Holy Spirit to those who are, who are open and ready to receive it. You know, if we buy into the world's narrative, we could give in to despair. But I want to encourage, you know, the greatest works in the history of the church have always been when society has gotten to the 
end of itself. When the systems of the world start to fail, people start to realize they have to look to something besides the world. You know, we're headed, we're headed into a time where a lot of things are unknown. Maybe you're, you personally feel like you're not even sure what your own life is going to look like in the future. And you know, I want you to just take comfort. When Jesus walked the earth, he came to a people that were in crisis. He came to a culture that was in crisis. The Israelites or the Jews, they were oppressed. They were fearful for the future. They, they, they were in, a, in the midst of a political system that was vastly corrupt. And they were always on the short end of the corruption. And you know what's interesting is when Jesus came to the earth, he didn't address the political system. There was lots he could have addressed, but that's not what he addressed. Instead, he addressed the soul. Instead, he addressed people. And he talked about this way of life, the way to experience life in his kingdom. And I want to take us today for, uh, to one story or one illustration that he gave about finding the path of life. And we're going to pick this up in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. And he said, there's two paths before you. You may take only one path. Much, much to the chagrin of stairway to heaven, you, you, there's not two ways. You can either go either way. He said, there's just one way that you can go. There's two paths before you. You may take only one path. The doorway is narrow. and or, or Sorry, one doorway is narrow and one doorway is wide. Then he gives the instructions. Go through the narrow door. For the wide door leads to a wide path and the wide path is broad. The wide, broad path is easy. And he's... he's Making a point here, the wide, broad path is easy, and the wide, broad, easy path has many, many people on it. But the wide, broad, easy, crowded path leads to death. Now then, that narrow door, it leads to a narrow road that in turn leads to life. It's hard to find that road, and not many people manage it. Father, we just pray that you would just open our eyes of our spirits to understand what you're telling us through this passage. We, we pray that you would open our, the eyes of our understanding to your path of life. Amen. You know, uh, in grade six, I was, we, we had this thing called band camp. And I don't know if there's many of you that have been to band camp, but uh, I, I, wasn't, I didn't really dig band camp all that much. But we got to a, go to a place called Camp Caroline. And uh, in the, we would do our, our, our band performances or our band practices in the morning. And, and uh, after lunch, we had the, this free time where we could go out and we could explore. Now, this, this place at, at uh, Caroline, it was, it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. It was kind of in the sticks in the bush. And, and uh, my buddy and I, we decided we were going to go hiking. There was some paths there into the woods. And so we decided we were going to take the narrow path into the woods. And uh, we had been hiking for about 20, 25 minutes. And we came up over this rise. And we, uh, as we came over this rise, there about 100 yards away from us, it, it felt like it was about 40 feet away from us, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was about 100 yards, there was a mother bear and her cub. And, uh, you know, the, this, 
as a, as a grade six kid seeing a bear for the first time and it wasn't in a zoo behind a cage or behind a wall, it's like it, that, that did something in, internally to me very quickly that uh, I decided I shouldn't be there anymore. And I needed to get back onto the path of life and the path of safety. And so my buddy and I, we turned around, we had just climbed this big embankment and it, it had been raining. And so the embankment was slippery and both of us, as we're trying to sneak down this embankment, both of us slipped and fell and rolled down this embankment. And, uh, and then, of course, at this point, the adrenaline hits the system. We are charged and ready for business. We need to run, and there is running that must be done. And so we, we ran down this path. We were running down this, uh, we're running through the woods, trying to just, just trying to get away as fast as we possibly can, and we lose the path on the way. And we're, as we're running, we realize we are no longer on a path. And we're convinced, like I can feel the bear's breath on the back of my neck. We are convinced we're going to die. And there is nothing, um, there is nothing more disconcerting than knowing you have to run, but you have no idea where you should run to. And we're, we're literally bouncing in place as we're trying to find this path. And eventually we, we we found the narrow path, which literally was a narrow path. It was actually very hard to find, but we found it and we ran. We made it back to camp. Obviously, we survived. And, uh, you know, th this, this is, this is kind of like this path of life. It's, you know, the, in the midst of the hurry and the bustle and the, and the, and the, the panic of the world around us, we have to, we have to stop and calm that panic and look for the path of life. Jesus said, this is hard to find. This is, this is not an easy path to find. And so I want to encourage us. Um, you know, the, he, Jesus said that it, it comes, there's two options. There's two paths. Now this broad path, there's, he says, this path is easy. He, he said, it's crowded. He, he said, it is popular. So you find, Jesus said that the, the wide, broad path is actually not a hard path to find. He, he, said, he said, the narrow path, that's the path that's difficult to find. And, uh, you know, in life, it's, it's the best way forward is seldom the easiest way forward. It requires us to be intentional. I'll tell you, the hardest thing to do is to find that path when you, when you are panicking and you're running and you're, you're, that, that path requires searching and it requires discernment. Jesus also said, the narrow path isn't crowded. The path to life is not crowded. In other words, there's not a whole bunch of people on the way that, that, are, that are going to necessarily encourage you on that path. The other thing that the path to life is, is it's a path of faith. It's a path of faith. It's a path where we must learn to trust. And uh, I want to I look at someone in the, one of the, 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 the founding fathers of the faith, and uh, it's, it's Abraham, and it talks about the, this path where he had to, to choose this path for himself. And we find this in Hebrews chapter 11, and it says this, By faith Abraham heard God's call 
to travel to a place he would one day receive as an inheritance. And he obeyed, not knowing where, God, where God's call would take him. Abraham chose to respond to the unknown in faith. God called him to something, but Abraham didn't know what. I don't know where you're going to take me, God. All I know is I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to trust I'm going to trust that you have my best interest in mind on this journey. He didn't know what the journey would look like, but he knew that the one calling calling him to take this journey was trustworthy. And so it says in Hebrews uh, verse 9 there, it says, By faith he journeyed into the land of the promise as a foreigner, as someone who didn't fit in. And he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, his fellow heirs, to the promise. Because Abraham looked ahead to a city with, with foundations, a city laid out and built by God. I, I look at this, you know, it was by faith that he responded and, and found this journey or this path of life. And uh, it says that he lived in tents. I'll tell you, if I told my wife that we've decided to live in tents, it would, that would be a real statement of faith on my part to get her to agree to that. And, uh, you know, sometimes we don't know where God is exactly calling us, but we know, but but he's, we know he's calling us to go somewhere where we are not currently at. And all we sometimes know is where we're at is not where, it's, it's not where our destination is. And so as we, we journey into the unknown, it's the way that we choose to go on this journey that's important. It's the way that, you know, in the last series we looked at, uh, we looked at the ways of Jesus and uh, his way of journeying through life. But t- today and, and in this series, we're, we're going to be looking at, at, at something that forms us on this journey. And, and the church had a name for this. The early church had a name for these. They were called formations. The things that are forming us as we go on this journey. Now, we looked at some of the ways to go on this journey, but we didn't really look at the things that are forming us on this journey. You know, in life, we tend to think of life as a destination. We, we, we tend to think of, you know, we don't think of holidays. Oftentimes, we think of holidays or a vacation as where are we going to go? But, but oftentimes, we don't think of how are we going to go there? What is the process of, by which we're going to go there? But God's really about the journey. When it comes to your life, he's not just about getting you to a certain place. He's, he's about creating something in you as you go to that place. And I think sometimes the destination actually isn't the important thing. I think it's the formation of us, our character and our soul and our spirit on the way to that destination that that God's most interested in. We become a different person on the journey. And I would go as far as to say we, we actually can't arrive at the true destination unless we allow ourselves to be formed on that journey. Formations. That's what the early church called them. In fact, there was tremendous emphasis placed on formations in the, in the early church world. And, and uh, what's a formation? Well, a formation is the habits, the activities, and practices that shape our lives. We would call them, oftentimes today, we would call them our lifestyle. But lifestyle really falls short of describing what a formation is. Uh, a 
formations are an integral part of our lives. We all have formations. We are all practicing formations all the time. We're all, we're all doing them. And our forma- formations are important. Now, our modern, our modern world, we don't want formations. We want results. We don't want, we, we want buy now, pay later. We want 24 easy payments. We just want, we want the fruit without the sacrifice. We want Botox, we want tummy tucks, we want life hacks. You know, we, we are looking for shortcuts. You know, we're always, we're always comparing shortcuts. It's, you know, it, it's, that's just the nature of us. What's the easiest way that I can get the most results? And now this is not necessarily a bad thing. When it comes to the health of your soul and your spirit, nothing worth having can be shortcut. Nothing worth having can be done instantly or life hacked. There is no hacks for your spirit, and there's no life hack for wholeness. Now, we all have formations in our lives. Formations are the habits, the activities, the meditations that we participate in and carry out on a regular basis. These formations, they influence and shape our social lives. They influence and shape our emotional lives. They also influence and, and shape our health and our physical lives. Formations affect every area of our life. We all have them. We all do them. We might not call them that, but, but that's what they are. Entertainment is a formation. Reading a book is a formation. Uh, Scrolling through social media is a formation. Listening to the news or watching or, or following the news, those are formations. Netflix is a formation. Your Bible is a formation. Prayer is a formation. There's your, your diet, what you eat, what you, what you, uh, your, your physical activity. These are all formations. These are the habits and the patterns that we do on a daily basis, whether they're intentional or not. They're all forming us into something else. They're all forming who we will become tomorrow. They're forming our experience of tomorrow. They influence the quality of our experience tomorrow. They're forming our faith. They're forming our emotional health. They're forming our physical health. They're forming our relational health. We are, our formations are either turning us into something, uh, something beautiful or they're turning us into something scary. And uh, I, the media is going to toss up a picture right now. This is a picture of me that was taken uh, just over three years ago. You, as you can see, um, there are, is it up there? Can you see it? All right. There, as you can see, there was some formations that were creating some rather undesirable shapes <clears throat> in my life. I'll, I'll, I'll stay away from the pastor's role joke at this time. <clears throat> you know, Monica, Monica took this picture, and this, this picture three years ago was actually a bit of a wake-up call for me as I looked at that picture and realized that physically I was not a very healthy person and uh, that my, my physical formations were not taking me to a place that I wanted to go. And so I began implementing new formations and as, as a result, I began to implement a new system of eating, a new system of, of how I was relating to food, also a new system of exercising, and, and, and the priority that I put on exercise, I, I, had to, I had to create formations that went beyond just, well, exercise when I have time to, no, I must make time for exercise because my future, actually my heart and my life are depending on this. 
And, uh, you know, in your, in your 30s, you got some time. But as I was approaching my 50s, I realized this is becoming prime heart attack season for men my age. And I better do something about this. Uh, formations. As a result, now here is a picture that was taken of me this February. And you can see, I, I you know, that first picture I wasn't very proud of. But this picture I'm a little bit proud of. <coughs> and... Uh, because, I, because I've worked to get to this point. point. And, you know, I have a bit of a desire to be a bit of an exhibitionist. Um, <coughs> uh, I, I wanted to, to take a, maybe a selfish desire and turn it into a spiritual point. So how does that go? <laughs> but I, I want to encourage you, you know, that, the change was not the result of willpower. Because I always willed to be healthy. I always wanted to be healthy. I always wanted to be fit. Um, I've always, that, that change is the result of formations. It's, that was the change of, ma- of just making small daily changes uh, to diet. It was the, 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 the formations of learning, of getting educated, understanding food differently, that the role that it plays, understanding exercise differently. Um, you know, the daily meditations and the, the daily habits that as you change, as these, these things, they begin to form something different. And the change of the physical is really uh, evidence of a change of something that happened internally. And, you know, nothing, nothing happened overnight, but it was the, these small systemic changes that at a certain point became a noticeable, visible change and became significant. Now, I can't take a picture of my soul and show it to you, but we all have a soul that is somewhere between before and after. And formations are what is what's shaping our soul as well. It's what's shaping us spiritually. It's what's, it's what's shaping our words, our emotions, our reactions. And there, what, what formations do is they... they they take us from somewhere from that before and after picture and they progress us on that journey in one direction or the other. What we read, what we watch, the opinions we expose ourselves to, these all have powerful formation power that influence our lives as people. You know, it doesn't take, it doesn't take a master's degree to realize that there's some very toxic influences in the world around us. But knowing that something is toxic isn't enough. We actually have to undertake healthy formations in our life. We actually have to undertake healthy formations in our walk with God to, for that to take us in the right direction. Now, we, don't, we won't experience vibrancy in our faith and vibrancy in our lives by following the same patterns that, we've been fo- that have led us to frustration or anxiety. We, we change those formations and they change our experience. And when it comes to formations, anything, anything goes will not produce anything good. We need to be intentional. Jesus said the path to life is narrow. And so I want to talk about here in the, in the rest of this message, I want to talk about what I would consider the most important, uh, the most important formation that we, that we undertake as followers of Jesus. And this is the formation of the Word of God. The formation of God's Word or getting God's Word in us. 
you know, the primary goal of God's word in our life, it is not to give us more information. It's, it's to be a source of formation. 2 Timothy 3.16, uh, Paul said this. He said, all scripture is God-breathed in its inspired voice. We hear useful teaching, rebuke, correction, instruction, and training for a life that is right. Just listen to what he says. This is what the scripture is for. It's to teach us. It's to rebuke us, which don't, don't be scared of that word rebuke. Rebuke just means that's something to stop you in your tracks from the direction you're going and get you to go a different direction. It's just something that's dramatic to change the way you're thinking. Correction, instruction and training for a life that's right. The word of God was given to us as, as a way of creating and forming life in, in, in our lives, to create a system of life in our lives. And I, I love this. I was reading this week in, in uh, the message, James 1.21. It says this, In simple humility, let our gardener God landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. You know, this is, this is more than just... You can't do gardens instantly. Gardens take care. They take cultivation. And, and this is what, how... This is how the author describes your life. Your life is like a salvation garden. God is planting seeds. He plants seeds through his word into your life, into your heart. And as those are cultivated, as those are taking, as those begin to grow, they, they form something beautiful. And you know, if you've ever landscaped a property, you know that you plant things in anticipation of what, of what one day it will look like, of what one day that will become. And it doesn't happen overnight, but if we tend it, it does happen. When we allow God's word to, to shape us, to form us, to form the systems of our lives, he, this is ultimately what he's leading us to, is this, this garden of salvation in life. And so instead of just reading the Bible as a story, I'd, I'd encourage you, read it as a system. Read it as a seed that, that is to form something greater in your life. You know, when we look at Psalms chapter one, it, it's, we can look at it as a, a nice poetic psalm, but it's really more than that. Psalms chapter one is, is about a system that, that, that God wants to invite us into and the results of living in that. I want to just read it to you. It says, Psalms one, it says, God's blessings follow you and await you at every turn. When you don't follow the advice of those who delight, delight in wicked schemes, when you avoid sin's highway, when judgment and sarcasm beckon you, but you refuse. For you, the, the, eternal, the eternal's word is your happiness. It's your focus from dusk to dawn. You're, you are like a tree planted by flowing cool streams of water that never run dry. Your fruit ripens in its time. Your leaves never fade or curl in the summer sun. Listen to this. No matter what you do, you prosper. This is, this is talking about a system. This isn't just talking about a bless me Lord prayer. There's a system here that, that the, the author is, is saying here, he's saying don't follow those who, who delight in, it basically in mischief. Don't, don't delight in, in wicked schemes. Avoid sin's highway. Where, where does that, that word highway sound familiar? The broad path, the easy path. Avoid the easy path. When judgment and sarcasm beckon you, but you refuse, then, 
basically saying your life will become like a tree planted by a, a cool flowing stream. Your fruit will, your life will ripen in its time. This is a system that, that God invites us into. And by delighting in God's presence through his ways, through his word, there's life that flows into the system of our life. You know, we can, we can embrace a system of rightness through his word that leads to a flourishing and fruitful life. Or we can embrace the toxic system of the world around us and wonder why we find our life withering up and shriveling up. We, you know, we need our patterns interrupted from time to time because it, it shows us what needs to change in the systems of our lives. But interruption alone, it's not enough. There needs to be a new system started because systems produce change. These formations are what establish new systems. You know, oftentimes we pray for God to change our current experience, but we actually fail to let God lead us to a new system. We actually fail to allow God's word to form new systems in us. And, and because of, if, if, we, if we fail to allow that, then our, then our experience remains the same. You know, just as we conclude this part of the, the message, this is, you know, John talked about Jesus in a way that, that no other author in the New Testament did. He, he talked about Jesus not just as a, coming to give a message from God, but that Jesus is the message from God. Jesus didn't just come to give us a path of life, but he actually was the path of life. He, he is the path of life. And I want to tell you the, the greatest way to get God's word, to get that the formation of God's word in your life is go straight to the source. That's Jesus. And as we allow the words and the teachings of Jesus to sink into our heart, they become life. They become a new system that, we, that, we, that begins to shape us and form us. A, pr- a system that be- begins to produce life, salvation, wholeness, and healing. And you know, the, the, the path to life, the path of experiencing life, God's life starts with this question is what's forming me? What's influencing? What's influencing my thinking, my emotions? What's influencing my reactions? And what would happen? What would happen if I allowed Christ, if I allowed God's word to become the primary influence of my life? What would, he invites us to, to experience the life of Christ through his influence, through his forming, forming life in our lives. And, and I want to lead us in a prayer right now. And maybe you're, you're here and you're Maybe you're watching this service and you've never prayed a prayer saying yes to Jesus or yes to allowing him to to form what he wants to form in your life. I want to encourage you as we pray, you can just join me as I pray. And we're going to pray right now. And Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you want to lead us to the path of life. You want to create something in a it, that you, you call it like a garden of salvation in our lives, in our hearts, in our internal worlds. And Father, right now, we say yes to you. We say yes to your presence. We say yes to your plan. We say yes to your purpose for our lives. And we invite you in. Lord, we want to we wanna walk on that path of life. We want to walk on your path of life for us. We want to know where that path is and we want your perfect will, your perfect your perfect presence to be in our lives. Lord, I invite you in. 
I ask you to lead me. I want to follow you and your purpose for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the Next Step section on the City Life app. It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.